Every brand on social in 2023 has to compete with others in their category, with creators, meme accounts, friends, and family. We know social is a busy place, but food and drink is, I'd say, one of the three categories on social where it can actually be near impossible to cut through and to create interesting original content. Now, one of the publishers that does manage to achieve both of those things with total flair is Mob Kitchen. Now, that's why I'm so excited to be joined today by their head of content, Jake Gauntlet, as well as Carla Clark, who's a senior creator on our own content team here at Social Chain. In this episode, we talk all about Mob's new subscription service and how people feel about it, why making content like a creator, not a publisher, is how to cut through, and how you two can differentiate your brand and your content, even if you're operating in one of the busiest social spaces there is. Jake, welcome to Social Minds. Hello. Great so to nice you. to be here. <laughs> uh, as always on Social Minds, we have a big question for you. And this week it is, how can food brands stand out in one of the busiest social spaces? Oh, it's a toughie because there are so many incredible creators. The food space is filled with ingenuity and it's filled with the most incredible recipe content, stories, it's linked to people and personality. And for a food brand, I think that's the thing. You need personality, you need authenticity, you need to tell the stories of the creators you've got in. And it's a massive thing that we've done at Mob is lead heavily into creator-focused content, feel like a creator. Now, obviously, you're head of content, um, but part of the gig, a huge part of it, is food. So I'm just curious to know what the split is in your day-to-day role between, like, chefing and social strategizing, and um, (laughs) if it's the former, you know, has the latter been a bit of a learning curve? I'm not afraid to say this. Every single person at Mob will say this. In, In terms of my food knowledge, food ability, chefing ability, I am easily the worst at Mob. (laughs) By an absolute mile. I have no interest in food. Every single day when I get home, I eat tuna mayo pasta. I have Christ, Jake. No, honestly, I'm I'm being like I'm being so that that. But that is for me at Mob. That's my superpower in a way. That I I play the layman. Mm -hmm. I am the most base. You know what? As an audience member, as someone who you know, I enjoy cooking for friends occasionally. I cook for function. I cook just a sort of like almost as fuel, basically. Mm -hmm. I just want it to be quick, easy, simple. I want it easy to follow. And that is why I can provide value to the chefs because Mm -hmm. all the people there, they are super talented. They are foodies. They are natural foodies. They Mm -hmm. love eating. They love cooking. They love going out for food. They love that industry. They love that world. And I can play devil's advocate on a lot of stuff and I can go, hold on people don't know how to julienne a cucumber so you're gonna yeah, have to explain true. that to them <laughs> <laughs> some people don't even know how to cut one coffee Kendall Jenner <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say that's where my experience comes in so basically my previous experience I worked at Capital FM so I worked there for three and a half years and my sole responsibility there was to get in the heads of like One Direction fans and Dua Lipa fans Mm. and Ariana Grande fans and basically speak to those groups of people. So when I come to Mob, it's all about, okay, what do foodies want? Specifically, what do people at the start of their journey of enjoying food and cooking food, what do they want? And my previous experience at my different roles has meant that I can 
wear different trousers and I can really like zone in on what an audience wants and I can bury myself into that and learn basically look at content and really like work out out the nuances and the tricks because I'm looking at it from almost like a point of irrelevance I'm just looking at it and just being like okay this is what works this is what doesn't rather than my own opinions coming into it yeah I feel a similar way when I work with brands that are like I'm actually not interested in. I actually, like you at first you think, oh God, I don't know anything about gaming or whatever that you mm. work on. But when, like you said, when you kind of have that fresh like perspective of a non-gamer or something yeah. like that, then you can really, yeah, just like actually put those kind of marketing principles in place a little 100%, bit. hundred percent, yeah. I think yeah. it stops you assuming like so much. Yeah. Um, which can actually makes like your content not very accessible if you're trying mm. to bring new audiences in and all you're speaking about is like in jokes and like yeah. really in you know, terms that only um, the super fans will know. It's yeah. ex exactly. And I would say that it needs to have that balance. You do need to, the reason why that is useful from, from my perspective is because I can bring that balance to the people that really understand food so we can play both sides of the coin compared to if it was just people like me, we'd be absolutely useless. <laughs> but if there's one of me, yeah. it's okay. The way you describe yourself then though, it sounds like to me that you are like mobs audience, people mm -hmm. who just want their food to be quick, easy, achievable, and don't necessarily want the cucumber julienne. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> that. I would say for me when I look at my role and you know my role within the company has floated from all different things. Like header, content, header content is basically an umbrella term for a load of different hats I've worn and that is exactly the thing that I think I bring most to Mob is that I am kind of what the audience expects. The way I like to look at our audience like it's interesting when we our sales lead would basically go to a client and they would be like we're the leading gen z food platform in the uk or they might speak to a different brand and be like oh we're you know filled with city dwellers between 25 and 34 like they spin it in different ways what mob is for me mob is a collection of people regardless of age that are at the start of their cooking journey it's when they start thinking about like okay I want to cook more than that one dish that I cook every single day and it's before they get to oh my god there's some amazing chefs and I want to increase my cookbook repertoire and go to Ottolenghi and go to Gordon Ramsay and go to all these different people that are a bit more focused on the skills and the nuances we are the start of that journey we're going to hold your hand we're going to make cooking fun you're going to end up loving it and we're going to do it in a tone that is like really approachable and accessible. I mean, heading into next year then, it's all about subscriptions for Mob. Mm. Um, and we will get onto that a little bit, you know, in more detail later. But I firstly wanted to ask you, what are some of Mob's reasons for perhaps moving away from the more traditional revenue stream strategy, which is brand deals? We're not moving away from brand deals. What I would say is brands for us and the deals that we've done and the content we've done and the paid partnerships we've done have been amazing they've been wicked and they've actually been continuations of our morals and the pillars that we live by you know we want to be accessible and affordable and we do a partnership with Aldi and it makes sense to our audience it's a continuation of their expectation of who we are that will always be mega important to us doing brand deals with a brand that fits seamless seamlessly within our recipes it just makes sense good quality products that fit within our recipes that are hopefully banging recipes that are super easy to replicate. We'll always continue to do that because it does make sense. What we will move away from is it being our sole 
revenue income stream because then we're at the mercy of something we can't control and that's what we've found we've made redundancies over the past year we had to lose a really talented part of our workforce because our main revenue stream tightened and you know after covid you know there were budgets but then suddenly all the budgets were restricted suddenly budgets were cut and suddenly there's more people vying for the different propositions that are out there and they're undercutting each other and suddenly we've got less coming in which means it's harder to actually you know safeguard our future as a business so that's when about a year and a half ago we've got an amazing team working on it but they came up you know there's so many subscription platforms there's so many extras you know you've got patreon that have created an amazing model that you can look at people care they want to they want the extra so that's why we came up with mod plus and that's why that is such a big part of our future that being said brand deals i do th- I, I think the special thing about mob and brand deals is it lacks ickiness you know yeah. you know that when you're scrolling <laughs> and you see a brand deal just sort of like wedged into a piece of content that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense yeah. yeah with mob it's always felt natural and that's because of the way we approach them but also we're quite selective over the brands we work with we try our best to you know make sure that our audience benefit from seeing that content i think you pretty much answered my uh, next question there <laughs> i was gonna ask what makes or breaks a brand deal but i'm guessing if it is that kind of seamless integration between the two. Is there anything that our listeners can learn from your successes or mistakes with brand deals? Oh, we've got so many mistakes. <laughs> How long have we got? Um, yeah, there, you know, working with brands is can be difficult, but it can be really exciting and really fun. I would say the biggest thing with working with any brand deal, I've got a couple of things I can touch on, but the biggest thing is communication at the earliest point in that brand deal, because essentially, Everyone is just working so that their job, you know, you you just want your job to be nice and good and you want things to work out. And if you surprise someone that you're working with and switch something up last minute and do something that you haven't communicated you're going to do, that can make these brands that you're working with feel like mugs, essentially. So that is something that, you know, we have worked on a lot. We communicate very early on that, hey, when it comes to your brand moment, we're putting it in our tone of voice. I know you've got what you need to say, but and we're not going to script it. We can give you a vibe of what we're scripting about, but we're going to put it in our chef's tone of voice because it has to be for the good of the content because we're creator-first content, and that's just what it's going to be like. And they get on board with that. They build You build a trust with them over time because, one, either you've done your content and it's performed well or before that moment you've talked to them along the way as early as possible to make them you know let them know about the content at every stage and not pull the rug underneath them at the last moment and go oh we've decided to go a different way which we've done many times and it's gone terribly (laughs) the other thing that i would say is keeping hold of your identity within it there are amazing brands they've got their own brand guidelines they insist on certain things and i think I would say that the last few years have been a lot better than they were maybe two, three years ago when Mm -hmm. there was basically no, um, there would be no creative freedom. Whereas now I think as brands work more with creators and they see the amazing results of creators just being able to run with the idea Mm -hmm. of something. I think some of the TikTok creators that are doing stuff right now is amazing, like the individuals. Um, I mean, Carla will tell you a huge part of our job 
is like from like the agency's responsibilities is telling our clients and telling the brands you can trust the creator yeah. it's okay yeah. <laughs> like holding their hand through it a bit more yeah 100% I, I really empathize with brands because you know they're putting a lot of money realistically and they want their product front and center but it's your job to convince them that the decisions you're making are for the good of the content for one and you know the audience better the more you can communicate and get them on board with that the better the commercial partnership's going to be for sure what would you say to any brands listening then in that sense because like there's some really great advice from the creator standpoint there but yeah for any brands listening you know speaking on behalf of, of creators perhaps what would you like to tell brands to do more of or do less of i would say really dive into the person you're going to work with and like give them the reins because you've done the research don't just make assumptions that you know a brand or a publisher or a creator is just going to throw it's only going to create tension when you come into someone like if you came to mob and you were like okay we want to work with you but we want this this and this suddenly we're on the back foot and we're like no that's not what we want to do and then it creates this tension which goes along for the whole partnership from for a brand do the research into the person. Do the research into the audience. Is that the audience you want to connect with? Because if it is, you've got to give your reins to the to the creator, to the publisher, because all they're thinking is, how do I make this content fly as much as possible and hopefully get this brand deal again? It is a very difficult balancing act, and I feel very lucky at Mob because, like I said, it's you can seamlessly integrate partnerships just through amazing recipes. So onto the subscription service, <gasps> Mob Plus. It's going to be, uh, I'm sure, top of mind for you guys next year. You've got a lot of big plans. Mm. So I wanted to ask you what the marketing plan has been, or as much of it as you can share, um, to get people to migrate, essentially. And how do you get people to shell out for something that has so far been free? I mean, yeah, that is the golden question. Yeah, that it's no it. mean feat. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely something that has provided tension, especially at the start when we released it. Um, Mob has always had the community behind it that gets excited for Mob. I remember when we came out with our first partnership with Ocado, we had an announcement post and people were genuinely like, wow, I'm so happy for you. This is amazing. <laughs> speaking directly to the founder, Ben, and speaking to the, the yeah. chefs that we had and were like, this is incredible. And the same with Audi and the same with all these partnerships that we've had moving forward. There's a real like positivity and you're always gonna get that um, from our audience because we do our best to cultivate that community. But when we did make that move to Mob Plus and say, look, this is a big part of our future, course there's tension of course there's people that feel like what this is you you say you're about affordable accessible but then you're putting all of your content behind a paywall that doesn't yeah. make sense and at the start when we came out with a product that was you know you got 50 free recipe 50 exclusive recipes you got a load of meal plans and a couple functions on the website a lot of people were like that's not that doesn't make sense. That's not gonna, you've paywalled all this stuff. It Like we're not gonna pay for that. And it's been a very slow growth, but we are enriching that product every mm. single day. And we've always been aware of that. Every day there's new recipes. Every day there's more of what the people love. And I think it's the case of chipping away at the, you know, if you're a follower of Mob and you see a recipe and you're hit by a paywall and you're hit by a paywall, you know, we're giving a lot in our recipes, we're never excluding information. You can still follow our recipe videos and be able to probably recreate our recipes, but keeping, making sure we have a balance between that editorial free stuff, but then also this paid stuff. And if 
over time you've been hit by this paywall, eventually you're going to be like, I'll give it a try. And then it's all about the product actually providing value. And it really does. You know, the whole point of it is it's going to make cooking easier for you. You're going to be better at cooking after you cook these recipes. You're going to learn stuff. There's going to be functions in it that help you save money, that help you limit food waste. It's all these things where you can justify, okay, wow, maybe I can pay for it for a the monthly because I am saving money somewhere else. That's what mm -hmm. we're trying to get across. That's girl math. Yeah. That is girl math. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I'm probably like the worst type of consumer because something will be irritating me to no end, like YouTube mm -hmm. ads, and I mm. still won't pay for YouTube premium. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I can't like I can't get myself to to shell out for a subscription. I'm the kind of person who's like we've already all got subscriptions coming out of our ears, yeah. right? With mm -hmm. Netflix, Amazon, yeah. etc. So it can understand how it can be a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of consumers or a yeah. lot of people in your audience. But to that end, I think it's even more impressive when a brand is able to get people migrated mm. and is able to do that because you know it, it doesn't come naturally yeah. and you've got some experience working in uh, subscription based services uh, yeah. um, <laughs> what's your guiltiest subscription my guiltiest yeah that I feel what are you a bit ashamed about? about paying for every um, month Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I don't really use yeah. my Now TV. It just kind of comes out. So that, <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't be there. I've got a, uh, it's not really a subscription, but I would say I've got a gym membership that for a kickboxing gym that costs £120 a month. I go three times a month. Oh, really? It's £40 a session. <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's such a good point, to be fair. I keep saying, I need to I need to join a gym. I need to do better. But I just know that I, I would just be, the money would just leave my account yeah. and I would still not leave my house. Yeah. I, know, I know that that would happen. But yeah, we, we kind of touched on this at the beginning, but obviously knowing that food, the food and drink category is by far one of um, social media's most mm. saturated spaces. So how do you make sure you're providing enough value to not just, you know, make sure that people pay for Mob Plus recipes, but also choose Mob when there are so many food creators now like on platforms like Reels and TikTok um, putting out their stuff for free? You kind of touched on it in a way, you know, you subscribe for Netflix or Now TV or something, you're often subscribing for a particular thing. Mm -hmm. Like you might be like, oh, they've got, I, I just love every night, all I wanna do is watch Modern Family because it helps me put me, put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna go on Disney Plus. And you've got, yeah, you've got a library, but really you're going there for moments within it or like yeah. something within the repertoire. There's no difference for this in our mind. We, it's a creator platform. We have chefs and recipe creators that we are, training and turning into some of the best recipe creators out there and the best thing that differentiates us from a creator is that our recipes deliver guaranteed because we test them and we get multiple people testing them as well so we know that our audience when they cook one they can really trust our recipes and they can come back and back and back um, and then we are just going so deep into really like highlighting these creators that's where realistically they have the power because you know people want to cook their recipes because they love their recipes they love their cadence they love the way they communicate it, they love the way they learn from them and that's what we're really in in mob plus we're really focusing on is you know we've got some incredible ones right now we've got jody nixon who's flying and making the most comforting food you could ever imagine you got dinner by ben or ben lippett who is by far one of the best chefs i've managed to eat the food of <laughs> and is just and be, is makes something so complicated seem so simple we've got all our old chefs who are just like impeccable incredible chefs that create 
of you know they'll create their own stuff on their own platform but their mob stuff is for me it's for the yeah. person that doesn't <laughs> want to spend that much but wants to cook for four people because i live with others and i want to follow a recipe that doesn't take two hours that only takes an hour and that's what the collection is we're selling the collection of these incredible creators and that's what mob plus is if you like them you're going to like the rest of it essentially i think there's that, something to be yeah. said for having um you know, like, there's loads of different food creators out there, but there's something to be said about having everything you want in one place mm. and knowing that, because they all have their niches. So it's like, oh, if I want like a curry, I go over here. Or if I want something cheesy, I go over here. But it could be, you know, it's very fragmented. Mm -hmm. It could be nice just to have it all in one place and yeah. get all of that. Exactly that. That exactly, is yeah. a great example of it. And knowing that the umbrella of it is going to be accessible for the beginner chef as mm -hmm. well. You know, you're going to get more complicated stuff on their personal profiles but when you come to mob and get their stuff it's gonna you're gonna be able to cook it mm -hmm. exactly that yeah i guess it's like if it's something that you do really want to learn about having it all in one place like if it is something you're really interested in like with the other subscriptions like spotify mm -hmm. for example like i'll always love music so i'll always be willing to pay yeah, yeah. to mean that i can endlessly like it recommends me music it's yeah. like always like that sort of thing i guess it's a similar yeah. thing but obviously for the food my favorite netflix show and my favorite amazon show and my favorite hbo show were all in one place and i only had to pay once i Which, would yeah. much prefer yeah. to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i would one thing i would say is like we are at the moment running up a hill in terms of we don't have an app. Mm -hmm. The mob app isn't there. So we're trying to, Yet. it's an app world. Exactly. It's an ambition. <laughs> exactly. Um, we are selling a product on a web page and a repertoire of recipes. And we don't have the thing that all of our audience want, which is an app. And that is being built. And when that comes out, that is going to be your hub. Mm. If you're interested in making food, it's going to have everything. It's going to have all your creators on there. Wireframes look amazing. Everything looks amazing. It's going to be so incredible. It's going to come out. I mean, how late to the party are we? But it's going to come out June, around June. You're going to do year. an app. You have to do it right. And those things take time. Yeah. Absolutely. And we want the we want the moment of going on there. We want it to feel so unique and so easy for someone to just go on there and have the most incredibly slick experience. And uh, I've I've bet the founder Ben if he doesn't have an app in available in the app store by June the third he has to run a marathon so so I'm taking that kind of more I know we've touched on it slightly but that more creator led approach to your content what would you say is the difference between the way that publishers approach con content compares to creators it's a really good question and. What I would say is that, so Mob, what we try and do, we are trying to give the creator as much control as they want as possible. Um, and what I find is the more people that are involved in the processing of the content, the more polished it looks mm -hmm. and the more slick it looks and suddenly the less accessible it looks. Mm -hmm. And I often find even like the nuances of a camera moving or a phone moving at the same time as you can see both chef's hands in the image shows that there's a video producer there or a camera person yeah. there. And it's like little nuances like that that are like, oh, that's un unaccessible because they've obviously got a whole team behind it. Yeah. So it's we're trying to like give off the feeling. Well, we are giving off the feeling. It is literally <laughs> they're developing a recipe, they're testing it, they're showing their friends, and then they're they're filming it themselves. And they're there sat in the edit giving their opinions and they're the ones, they're the most talented people we have. They're the ones that are thinking, how is this gonna play out? How am I gonna make this content as exciting as possible? Those decisions aren't being made by other parties. And I think that's what happens at a lot of publishers. More people, more opinions, provides a slickness and that slickness actually takes away from 
that creator vibe and feeling imperfection yeah. is perfection type vibe you know mm-hmm. you want you want it to feel real basically I feel like half our job at the minute is explaining that lo-fi doesn't mean low quality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we just it need just, a new yeah, tag, doesn't it? Because yeah. if, as soon as they hear the word low, they're like, no, 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 we're premium, premium. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's okay, it's still going to look great. It just doesn't mean yeah, like... Yeah, polished yeah. edge off. It always, needs to look yeah. like one person's done it. Was it uh, Michael from, from Ryanair? He had a bit in his talk that I'll always remember. He shows off one of their uh, tweets that they did. And it was the, the, the famous one, the one that blew up and went viral mm. of someone saying, I booked the window seat, where's the window? And they were replied to it just with like like a Microsoft Paint-esque yeah. circle drawn yeah, around yeah. it. And he was like, we agonized over that circle. They like tried to do like the digital version, like <laughs> like make it a perfect circle. He was like, do we do it in pen? He was like, no, it needs to look so shit. Yeah. Like so bad, like that anyone would believe someone's yeah. just, one person has just drawn it. And yeah, obviously it worked wonders, yeah. but I think that's the key. Mm, definitely. You've got to pull it back. I mean, something that happened at Mob uh, just as I joined, they finally got, so, if you're a follower from the start of Mob, um, it was three camera setup, 4K footage, perfect, frame by frame, every frame analyzed, something happening all the time, the food looking glossy, perfect, proper lighting setup, gorgeous. And they got so slick at it and they built this library of content that, that was scheduled for like the next 60 days. And everyone was like, this is great. But the engagement was just not hitting at all and every video they put out was just getting less views less comments less shares and it was right in the middle of covid where you'd watch a creator just with pretty terrible lighting make what they make when they get home from work or whatever it is not in covid whatever it would be but and they would fly so this is a testimony to mob and its agility and um the people that were working there at the time they just binned it all and refilmed all these recipes via a phone and got the voices of the chefs on there and made it kind of sloppy and and we doubled our audience in that next two three months it was just like the agility of noticing something that the creators were doing that the brands i mean it it was a year and a half later until Mm. some brands took that took that lesson and actually applied it in their own content being quick and being on it is so is so important when you're working on a social first brand you've got so much respect for like actually binning your own stuff once you realize that it's not going (laughs) to cut it as well because so many companies publishers brands whoever it is wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. they'd be like we've already invested in that let's not (laughs) is there a um example of a content series that you're really proud of sort of on the other end yeah well so what i would say about that is there's a there's content series that I'm really proud of and the team have created. But what I love more than anything is when I see the creator really like in the edit and really like dictating it and directing it and owning it. I think they're the moments where you get excited about a piece of content coming out and you always see it perform better and they're commenting on it and that you know, it really like feels like a recipe from them. I think with Mob Chef specifically, it takes a while to work out what your vibe is. And when you nail it and when you see them start to go, oh, I'm this person and my audience love it when I do this and they bury themselves into it, it is really exciting. And just to watch them. So that's that. That's when I feel like, okay, cool. All that work invested in like giving them confidence and you know showing them the motor skills of how to be a creator and then you see them just fly and just like some of the one I mean Seema gets baked used to work for mob and she's such an incredible creator um and watching her like just find a niche and nail it and just go on to what she's doing now which is amazing is so satisfying to watch 
as someone who you know works specifically in content. In terms of a series that I love with Mob, we've got one running at the moment with Gay Times, which I think is just a great example of how the whole team can work together. So the series is called Tag Your It. The idea is you get a chef, restaurant owner, creator from the queer community into the Mob Chef to cook a dish that means a lot to them that the Mob would love. They cook it and then we encourage GT's audience, but also our audience to tag another queer creator and then it rolls on each month and we get a new creator in each time. The engagement is amazing. The audience interaction between the two brands is amazing. Both brands have seen such like positive growth, but then also just like sentiment around it. And then more than anything, internally, it means a lot to the people that work at Mob, but then also just bringing someone on, and this goes as far as all of our guests we bring on, bringing someone on who's maybe uncomfortable as a creator or isn't maybe creator first and is a bit more like nervous when they come in and do their VO and worried about how their recipe is going to turn out and really like our amazing video team just being able to like coach them through it and our food team helping them out and then seeing this finished piece and them just being so buzzing about how it's performed and how it looks and seeing them then go on to other things and be able to be like, yeah, I know these tricks and Mob did this, <laughs> so I'm gonna do this. And you know, it's the guest stuff that we do and uh, is really, really satisfying to do because it just shows that we can teach stuff, but we can also plug in and play our style and it still comes across really nicely. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice to like nice. champion um, like talented chefs who might not have like as much of a platform or an opportunity as well. Yeah. Um, and I can just imagine like getting them getting like really good vibes from the comments or like Aww. even you, know, you say that like, some people are nervous. I love it when that's kind of apparent to see on like a brand or a publisher's page and you go to the comment section and everyone's like, oh, it's slayed, like you got yeah. this, like, you can yeah. do it like all behind them. Yeah, I'm like, this is that. so wholesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's really good vibes. <laughs> Um, now, we, we have kind of touched on this when we talk about lo-fi, etc. but I'm hoping our audience listens more when you say it, so I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> um, so obviously we know Mob, like you guys try not to appear too overly promotional in your content and that's sort of key to how well it performs. But how can that sort of deliberate choice of creating intentionally like lo-fi but still great quality content actually help to differentiate you from all the other stuff that's out there from you know other publishers that might be being a bit more polished? Yeah, I mean... I, we've got a new junior content producer who is basically my junior and she's just come in and she's just brought so much energy and she when she came to like work here she's assumed there's like going to be really tight rules and brand guidelines and everything and it's just not there for us we just want to be like it wants to feel like the liveliest profile ever mistakes doesn't matter about it just throw stuff up there have fun with it and like give off a good vibe. Mob is as much about a good vibe as anything. I love it when you can see love the that. mistakes yeah. as well, by the way, when it's almost yeah. like midstream bloopers. Again, I think that's really <laughs> endearing and we love to see it. Exactly, just feel real. Um, I, I worked, I've worked at a few different companies and I've freelanced at companies. And I've always been interested by, especially in social media, the entire company, the video person, the producers, the radio people, whoever it is, it all funnels down to this often like, 24 year old social media producer who if they mess up has the entire company like staring at them and just being like what have you done yeah. you've messed up We've both been there, well, like, yeah. Yeah. you've got to pull it you've got to do this you've got to do that like how have you done this and like i've just seen them essentially just be like wow there's so much pressure on this really really junior person in terms yeah. of like there shouldn't be that much pressure <laughs> being put on them so 
I just don't think anything's that deep. We're doing recipe no. videos. Like, yeah. You can <laughs> make a mistake. The copy can be bad. There can be five seconds of black frame on the end of the video. Obviously, we're going to make sure that next time, hopefully there isn't. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. And Make a joke of it and yeah. take the mickey out of yourself. That's what Mob always tries to do. We, mm -hmm. we make mistakes all the time. We made an entire app that was a mistake called Peshit. Peckish, big up Peckish. <laughs> mistakes happen obviously when it comes to brands we don't want mistakes because that's someone else who we we can't you yeah. know tell another person how to raise their kids mm -hmm. is that does that make sense yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i really i do really like it for yeah, mob though because you feel like i don't know if you guys are open with your mistakes it lets you feel like you can make mistakes in the kitchen yeah. and like that's fine and like i said if you're meeting people at the very beginning of that cooking journey of course they're gonna make mistakes like they're exactly. gonna burn things and maybe set a tea towel yeah. on fire but like it's all good yeah exactly yeah. come back do it again yeah. let's let's give it another go exactly that um, so what kind of tips and tricks content wise are working for Mob at the minute? And is this the same sort of like everywhere or do you have different strategies by like per platform? There are, we're always looking for like, there's so many, we speak about it, there's so many creators out there and they've all got their own nuances and their own styles. And you know, we are constantly looking for inspiration and looking at people and looking at the way they do things and being like, wow, that's such a nice trick. And you know, what we're finding at the moment and I don't know how, it'd be interesting to get your point on it but it feels like instagram has changed the way it's serving content it feels like content is being served over a much longer period of time and it's definitely from my point of view to do with the watch time and retention rate of these videos and how many people are staying throughout the video we've got some videos recently that have had a really high retention rate so more people are staying on it for the longer period of time and those videos even from months ago are being shown to people constantly and they're still growing so now we're toying with the idea of, you know, we've always been known for incredible beauty shots that grab the attention, but now we want to get, now we're toying with the idea of going straight into it and starting with something that might catch your eye. Um, if you are listening, there's a recent one we did. It's the most beautiful recipe. You should definitely try it. Super simple, super easy. But the video itself is really interesting and very different to our other stuff. It's a miso onion soup. Um, and it starts with instantly putting these ingredients that you wouldn't expect into a tray and then putting some hot water on it and then adding some rice. In four seconds, you've had five different things you could engage with and comment about. And then you're like, how's this going to turn out? You look at all the comments. They're like, this is amazing. This looks stunning. I've cooked this. This is incredible. So then you watch to the end. It looks insane. But that first moment you've created like this reason to comment yeah. reason mm. to engage and we're toying with that more toying with the idea of withholding what the recipe looks like but we'll also we'll mix it up we'll always try different things we've got new content series all the time so the beautiful thing about mob plus is rather than doing a series until like we can't do it anymore we'll do a mini series we'll switch it up we'll do something out there's so much potential food content out there and people we can work with we're always trying different things I think That's adding on the, on the comment point and getting people to stay for longer, I always stick around when I'm looking in the comments before I've got to the end of the video and everyone's saying, trust the process, the definition of trust the process. Yeah. And I love those videos <laughs> if you can make it look throughout like it's going to be really like horrible or crap. And then yeah. it's like at the last minute turns around. Like, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> on, um, on the Reels algorithm though, I think 
with that um, sort of content having more of a longer lifespan than they previously have. I think they're just trying to copy TikTok. And yeah. TikTok's like so good at being, you know, something I posted four months ago, it will just suddenly get yeah. like a, yeah. a bunch of views and, and, and engagement. And it's it's all just topic based, isn't it? So whatever mm -hmm. that topic is, as soon as someone else, yeah. um, say like I've made a video about Harry Potter or whatever it is, as soon as someone four months later becomes interested in Harry Potter yeah. or starts doing things, that video served to them for the yeah. first time, even though yeah. it's a year old. Mm. So yeah. They can just last forever. Like Instagram is a bit of a weaker version of that at the mm. minute, but that seems to be the it's, direction it's yeah. going in. It's so good for a library of recipes for us. Like that is, it's always something we've dealt, we've struggled with is just the shelf life of our content and just like instantly, just after a week, just being like, cool, that's, that'll never be seen by anyone oh, ever yeah. again. It's a shame <laughs> as well. Like yeah. for, for us as well, like it's a bit of play you have to swallow. Like, you yeah. spend so long on this. And, and then it's, it's like, gone, yeah. And she's gone. <laughs> a, a really good tip that we utilize a lot right now is if you think, especially for Instagram, but most of the other platforms, content isn't just useful in isolation. As in what I mean by that is when you put something out, it shouldn't only just be considered to be put out then and then only. You should revisit it. We rehash stuff all the time. Why? Because sometimes it didn't hit the first time, but sometimes, okay, that is the perfect recipe for when it's raining, miserable on a Sunday afternoon. And Instagram is much, it's not about constant new things it's about inspiration and making someone remember oh maybe i'll cook that and especially with recipes you can reuse content and you can go back into the library and it just means that you've got so much more to play with when you want to be agile because we schedule a lot but we switch stuff up all the times so i've got to go back and sort out a rehash of an old piece of content this afternoon because we've decided to move stuff around we're always trying to be like what do people want when they're dropping it. I think that's the thing with like the social formats as well. Like it, one can work really well for like a period of time and then the algorithm switches up and then you can reuse that, but in that new kind of style that works. Exactly. So. Is there a platform that you are focused on like at the moment? Like obviously TikTok, we just spoke about, it's quite an obvious one. Uh, but some of Mob's like best activations, in my opinion, have been in those lesser spaces. So Reddit, Spotify, things like that. Like is this kind of, do you like to go where there is less competition? It's a really good point. It's it's difficult though because we're a very streamlined team right now and we've got to focus on where we believe the biggest benefit for our clients and our Mob Plus potential users are. And right now for us that's newsletter and that's um, Instagram. As we grow the team, as we add more people specializing in those different platforms and working out different strategies to get them over to Mod Plus is so important for the future of us. But right now we're very focused on Instagram, very focused on TikTok, very focused on, on our newsletter audience, I would say. Reddit's interesting. We've got a great community there, but they are brutal as well. And the idea <laughs> yeah. of paying for our content, they have not liked in the slightest. Yeah, I can imagine that. I think that Reddit would be like such a good one, like... I love it when brands get Reddit right because it's really rare. But yeah, I can imagine the subscription <laughs> service would be the kind of thing that'd be like super hard to convert to. Yeah, absolutely. Another, I mean, the big one, the one that w every single person at that company dreams of is YouTube. They are all foodies. They want to create long form content. They want to create content that means something and storytell. And it's on the horizon and we want to do it, but we've got to do it 
at the same time as like thinking of those primary platforms. It's a hard one to do as well. Is, like yeah. a, a lot of clients um, always want to grow on YouTube, but it's just notoriously difficult. Yeah. Um, if you try and you look with shorts a bit, that that's seemed to be a bit of a way in for for growth because you can use the content that's been doing really well on Reels, whack it on shorts with a different caption, and then if they find you there, you can be like, look, we have a channel with long form videos. Absolutely, <laughs> shorts has been good. We've been uploading on that, and also, I mean, I'll shout them out. There's a creator on YouTube called Kenji and also there's Fallow. I don't know if you've seen them. They do GoPros on the heads of like either at-home cooking or restaurant cooking. I've always believed that you only need to tweak a bit to <laughs> seem super original and organic. So yeah. <laughs> we are going to look into the ways that we can, you know, I think it's genius. How can you create content around the stuff you're already doing? Um, and how can we just, we're working on something that has a, particular format and hopefully well it does lead into you know our pillars of being affordable accessible and creating quick easy meals i mean the, the, the perks there i guess is i can imagine mob recipes doing really well on youtube because people do go there go there for recipes for, uh, yeah. and if you can like not hack i hate that word but you know figure out the search terms and the you know searchability of it and you yeah. know people are searching things like I just want dinner with like two ingredients <laughs> yeah. or you know like super easy like really low effort yeah. things um and have them pop up there I think yeah I can I can see it working I'm surprised that, that it hasn't yet but yeah it's quite a beast and it does take up quite a lot of energy it just needs the freedom to be able to be like okay don't worry about the numbers no pressure just mm -hmm. work on it and love it yeah and use all the content you can to a couple people <laughs> and it'll happen but as the come as mob is like it is, we just need to work on the primary ones now. Those ones will come, no doubt about it. I did used to love was it the the cookbooks that you used to put Spotify playlists in? Yeah. So I was having yeah. a browse the other day, and there's still a couple <laughs> of them like still up there. I'm like, Ooh. we've always had a relationship between music and food. It's mm. been a big part of it from the books early on. Mm. Spotify links. We always want to cultivate cultivate this energy of like dinner party vibe, and you know, just you're there with your mates. What music do you want to listen to? And We've always used people's songs and credited them, but recently we've gone away from that because essentially um, it's it's bad vibes. We've <laughs> well, for one, we you can get done by a record company mm -hmm. or a record label, mm -hmm. but um, we've also realised that like without actually seeking the permission of the artists, it also doesn't really sit well with us either. Um, so we put out a request to our audience oh, and basically yeah. said, "Yo." Any of you, regardless of how many streams you've got or anything, if you want to submit your music, uh, we'd love to talk to you. If you use, we use it in a commercial, we'll pay you a fee. If not, we're, we're looking to pay you a fee in the future, but it'll just be used editorially. We had so many submissions. And when I say some of the music that's been put in there has been amazing. And they've got like 36 Spotify listeners a month. And, but it's, we've worked out a way to properly go back to our roots to you know hero amazing music from around the uk and well around the world with that are very small time and not really getting much light from anywhere else and it's just been a really good way to you know use the mob community to give our videos some life yeah that's really nice we were i was actually talking about that post yesterday uh, when we were talking about kind of adding music to a video, said someone said, "Did you see that Mob just kind of just ask people like give us your music?" Yeah. And that is like yeah, like you said, building that community even further is quite nice. Yeah, such a good one because I'm so sick of every time we're like 
I'm like, but why can't we have it? They're like, Eve licensing <laughs> is a thing. I'm like, but why? Yeah, yeah. And, so yeah. and then having music. to listen to the stock music. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's, yeah. it does my head in. Um, but yeah, it's like the only way around it really, isn't it? I want to talk more about the cookbooks and yeah. just merch in general, mm. because we know a lot of um, like success and like brand equity comes from these offline properties a lot mm. of the time, like Bob's cookbooks. And I know like when I was asking like, so who wants to join me on this one? With <laughs> Carla here and Catherine were like, I love the cookbooks. I'm obsessed <laughs> with the cookbooks. Um, so that they really do work. So I'm wondering with Mob Plus on the horizon, are you guys looking at expanding uh, into more Mob merch? Kitchen utensils, perhaps a nice <laughs> frying pan set. I mean... A knife block. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a great point and it is an absolute necessity. I mean, exactly mm. that. If we're saying to everyone, hey, look, come cook affordable, accessible recipes, but the only way you... like, Where do you, people actually go to get like decent quality stuff that actually you know you go amazon maybe you go wilco you go yeah you don't know where to go it's cheap or it's decent quality and there's no in between and that is 100 we should be providing all of these things and beyond that like we think of all the amazing promo that like a chopping board at mob gets in every Mm. bloody video why aren't we doing our own chopping board why aren't we doing our own knives like it naturally Mm. we can promote every single element of that kitchen (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a massive, it's a, a massive opportunity. What I would say is it's also a massive job and yes. it's the same thing as the YouTube. It's like we are, it's so in our forefront to do mm-hmm. that, forefront of our mind, but it's not quite the priority yeah. right now. Mm. That app is the biggest priority that we can do yes. and then the rest of it will come. Mm-hmm. And then the books, I I think the book, the recent one we've got, we've just put it out. It's called Mob Six. Mob Six, mm. yeah, I saw that. I was I'm like, an idiot. We're, I should have brought- the number six on this podcast. Yeah. Social and That's Six. That's true, Social <laughs> and Six. Um, you're going to come to Mob After because I'm going to give you two books. Three books, sorry. Um, <laughs> there we go. You That book is incredible. It is the essence of everything Mob does. The food is insane and it's all six ingredients other than salt and pepper and olive oil. Mm. That doesn't count. <laughs> Standard, yeah. yeah. Um, and it really is an amazing book. And I, 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 I'm I, very proud of the team that work on the books. I think the books are always amazing. They're a great thing. They're just constantly, the quality of them is so high. And we've got another one coming up and I think we're going to look to do a couple more. But it is interesting with Mod Plus, it's like they kind of don't work together right now how do we get them to work together? That's the yeah. big question. Yeah. Well, one for next year. And I think yeah. like like our listeners, <laughs> super excited to see what you guys do with it. Yeah. Um, I know we'll be following along and maybe this will be the first subscription that I pay for <gasps> that's not TV related. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Or maybe not. <laughs> I'll give it to you for I've got, free. I've got personal investment yeah, 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 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll sort you out with a code. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today. Um, it's been a really, really great episode, and I hope everyone's learned a lot and goes to buy the cookbook and yes. subscribes to Mud Plus. Yeah. Thank you so thank much for you. having me. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I'll see you again. What an episode. Jake was fantastic, wasn't he? Really good. I mean, all of the information that he was saying and things that we're constantly saying to brands, uh, really interesting. 100%. Especially, I think that point, and we we talked about it and talked about it, but lo-fi doesn't mean low quality. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Mob's content is such a testament to that because... Like in no world could you call that low quality, but the no. way he's describing it and like not putting in too many filming techniques or editing yeah. editing techniques um, is just paramount to making the content feel 
I'm not going to say it, authentic. Did yep. you see on, was it our, our DGA? What's that? That agency shared that authentic apparently is the market, is the word of the year. Oh, really? Oh, God. So disappointed in yeah. everyone, but let's just, let's just move on. But finding a synonym for that, it does go a way to, to making the content just like more believable, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I think it's all about that, the amount that he talks about community and audience and that kind of value that comes through no matter what the format is, no matter how lo-fi it is. It's like got that kind of meaning behind it. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, so good at actually cultivating the community as well. Whereas, mm. again, that's such a buzzword for so many brands and marketers. They say they're cultivating community and they say they want to and they say it's important. But actually, yeah. you know, a lot of the comments <laughs> are going unanswered. Like they just don't you yeah. know, chat back and forth with people or they've got, you know, pre-scripted responses, mm -hmm. which you know, sometimes is necessary, but also can create a bit of a a barrier between sort of brand um, and audience. Yeah. But even like what, what Jake was saying, when they first started doing brand deals and they had people in the comments like, so happy for you, like yeah. so proud of you. Yeah. That's what happens in creators' comment sections when they're just taking off. Yeah. And like, yeah, and the yeah. fact that they've got a subscription per service and people are actually paying for their content is mm. just a testament to that community that they have, that people are willing to basically fork out for more. So, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Not like we said, when something has been free so far, it kept making me think of um, Meta bringing out their subscription, like the ad-free version. I'm thinking, yeah. no. what chance in hell I'm <laughs> no paying way. for that? And I don't, I, well, I don't think they want people to. They want people to watch the ad version. But yeah, it's just such a difficult thing to get people to pay mm -hmm. for something that has been free or where there are so many free alternatives elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just you know comes down to that point about you know, giving people value and giving them a reason to pay instead of getting it for free elsewhere, which I think they've started to do and hopefully into next year we'll, well, spoiler alert, but yeah, yeah, we'll continue to do more. Yeah, definitely. Well, what a great final interview episode for 2023. It's not the last time you'll hear from us before we break up for Christmas. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our best of from the year and all our sort of favorite moments from the various amazing guests that we've spoken to. And then when we come back in the new year, uh, we'll be joined by Louise Richardson once again, our beloved friend at Pinterest, to go through the new Pinterest Predicts report for 2024. So one to look forward to then. Mm -hmm.